morning, Lake Church. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Amen. Well, I am, and God is good, and greatly to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to do a little bit of review before we get into a little bit deeper. It's always good to review. Because uh, you don't always retain everything you hear at church because there's uh, satanic opposition to what you hear at church. You can learn all kinds of things on the Internet and YouTube and retain those for years. But you can go to church and forget it before you get out the door. And it's because there's a satanic uh, opposition to the Word of God because the truth is what makes you free. Amen? And he doesn't want you knowing the truth, and he certainly doesn't want you free. Amen? And so we've been talking about the craft. Uh, if you uh, were with us the week before last, before Arise, how many were blessed by Arise? Amen? Hallelujah. That was a powerful time. So... Um, we're talking about the craft and understanding that judgment begins first in the house of God. And so we've got to repent and, and know what the craft is so that we can recognize it in our own lives and then recognize it out in the world. Because right now, over the last, I guess probably it's been highlighted around the 2015, 2014, somewhere around there, We've been seeing a rise in the appearance. Now, it's not that it's growing because it's always been. It's that it, the awareness of it and uh, the manifestation of it is more and more. And we saw that in the 2016 election. We began to see it throughout the, the Trump administration and now currently in the Biden administration. We're seeing the works of witchcraft being done before our eyes blatantly absolutely blatantly they're not even hiding it anymore and uh but most people will say well what is witchcraft isn't that you know hats and and broomsticks and things of that nature well witchcraft is the nature and religion of fallen people it is the nature you were before jesus came into your life Witchcraft is a means of trying to get direction, power, and unction from sources other than God. Let me say that again. The witchcraft is try to get power, direction through divination, and then also um, utterance, unction from other sources other than Yahweh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why over, over and over in the New Testament it says that we are to be led by the Spirit of God and that is really the defining, um, the defining uh, characteristic of a child of God. That we're no longer led by what is outward, by what our circumstances, our situations, we're led by the Spirit of God who is within us. Amen? And so I'm going to read these scriptures again, and, and uh, you know, you'll just have to get over it. Um, 
It'll be all right. Amen. I've got a job to do. I don't just come in here and just read a few verses and then, you know, God bless you and you go home. You know, I've got a job to do. And I'll tell you, the, the opposition has been strong uh, in regards to this work over the last few years, and um, especially in this last year, in 2021, because everybody thinks, COVID's over and, you know, and all this, and it seems like it's getting back to normal. Nothing's getting back to normal. Nothing's getting back to normal, guys. We, we need to realize that. We, we are able, because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world, to live in any circumstance, in any situation upon this earth. We've been empowered by God, but my people are destroyed for what? A lack of prayer? A lack of Bible studies and a lack of church services? No, a lack of knowledge. Amen? And then it goes on to tell you why. Because they reject knowledge. So we have two things going on at the same time. We've got a lack of knowledge where people just don't know. They're just ignorant. Ignorance not necessarily bad, but it'll get you killed. And then you have people that reject knowledge. When knowledge is brought forth and truth is brought forth, they reject it. They say, oh, no, I don't believe that. Grandma didn't tell me that. I didn't hear that from my church when I was growing up. You know, they didn't have a flannel graph for what I'm about to teach you. Okay? So we got to wake up, amen, and realize that I'm just going to say this statement because I'm going to prove it to you. And, I'm, you know, and, and if this stuff scares you, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to give you information to where when you look on your TV screen and you see blatant manipulation and control, that you're able to say, yep, that's what that is. Click, I'm turning that thing off, and I'm going to, amen, come on now. No, I see what's going on. I'm not asking you to pick it. I'm not asking you to do I'm asking you to live in power. Amen? Hallelujah. And sometimes it's just disassociating with certain circles that you're a part of and realizing that you've got to walk in the, in the fullness of the Spirit. And sometimes that's a lonely walk. It's an absolutely lonely walk. Amen? And uh, so let's look at uh, verse number 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, But understand this, that in the last days, how many would say that we're in the last days? I would dare say we're in the last of the last days. Amen. It says, there will come a times of difficulty, or as the Greek says, days that are hard to bear. Why? For people will be haters. Is that what it says? No, they're not haters. They're lovers, but they're lovers of the wrong thing. They're lovers of themselves. Amen. Lovers of money. How many can testify? Come on now. Amen. Get quiet. Lovers of money. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. Yeah. Now drop down to verse number 7. It says, always learning 
and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Now notice this, just as Jans and Jambres. Now this, this right here, most Christians don't even know who Jans and Jambres are. Don't have any clue, but to a, to a uh, first century Christian and to a Jew, they understand exactly who Jans and Jambres are. Jans and Jambres typify the occult that was within Egypt. Now you need to understand that Egypt, see the Bible is taught in macro and in micro, okay? So, so every revelation in the scripture, every micro revelation works in the macro and every macro revelation works in the micro. That's the way God created things. So if you go down to the largest that man can see, you will see God. If you go down to the smallest that man can see, you will see God. And the ecosystem and the system that works is the same. It's absolutely the same. So the Word of God begins to preach the gospel from right off the bat. Right off the bat when God declared, let there be light. That's the gospel message right there. So we begin to see that this macro, this, this, this micro, you know, shows the macro. And the macro shows the micro. So we begin to see the deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egypt as a type and a shadow of us being delivered from the Pharaoh Satan taking all of that and then applying it and beginning to see the similarities and the, the, uh, the parallels aids us in our ability to see what we have truly been delivered from. And so we need to understand that Pharaoh represents Satan. Pharaoh was one of the number one occultic kings in the earth. He considered himself a god. Well, who else considers himself a god? Satan considers. So Egypt is a type of what? The world system. It's a type of the world system. And I'm going to tell you that we've never left Egypt. America worships Egyptian gods. I will prove it to you today. Don't be telling me that this is a Christian nation. There are Christians in this nation, and there's a lot of them, and that sets us apart from other nations of the world. But I'm here to tell you, the reason why we're seeing the chaos right now is that there are two bodies in the earth, and they are being built, one by God and one by Satan. And in the occultist mindset, the one who finishes first wins. In the occultic mindset, not, not, not in our mindset. You know, I almost wanted to get a couple of two potato heads. You know, how many remember Mr. Potato Head? You got Mr. Potato Head on this side, Mr. Potato Head on this side, and then you're trying to endeavor to build this potato head. And whoever builds the potato head first wins. Well, in Satan's mindset, Satan knows that he cannot stand toe-to-toe with God. He knows that he cannot. He understands that he is a created being and does not have those powers. So what he endeavors to do, because he's a legalist, he endeavors to try to usurp authority and take something that God created through legal means by getting God to act out of his character. So that he can legally take the earth. 
He can legally take humanity for his own. And he did that at first with, you see, Adam came into an agreement with Adam. Adam had to come into an agreement with the devil. He wasn't innocent. Adam wasn't innocent. Don't be sitting there and saying, oh, he was just innocent. He was just minding his own bit. No, he was talking with him. They were fellowshipping, and then they, he partook of the, you know, this just isn't about an apple, guys. It isn't about a piece of fruit. This is about, you know, coming to, into alignment with, with uh, an adversary against your creator. He actually joined leagues with Satan and said, Satan, your deal's better than God's deal. How, how foolish. And don't be sitting there saying, well, I would never do that. Okay. We do it every day. Yes. Satan, your deal's a lot better than God's deal. Hello? Okay, all right. But Jans and Jambres, it said, it, he uses Jans and Jambres as, as a type. Notice what it says, who opposed Moses. So these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind... And disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. So it's telling you that just as Jans and Jambres, the magicians of Pharaoh, the main magicians of Pharaoh, who duplicated four of the ten plagues that came upon Egypt, duplicated them, replicated them, was able to do them. I don't know that they were able to help. They just added to. Hello. We had blood in the Nile. They just made more blood. Okay. They can only replicate and duplicate. Okay. Can't do anything new. You understand that? So Jans and Jambres is on the scene because what is Paul talking about? He's talking about the last days. So the last days isn't the atheist and the agnostic against the Christian. It's the spiritist. It's the witch, witches. It's the covens against the believer. Amen? The dark spiritual world against the kingdom of light. And that is what is happening in our world today. It's happening in our sexual orientations. It's happening in academia. It's happening in science. Isn't it amazing that in academia and in science, you're getting to see now where it was largely beginning to be atheistic and agnostic. It's getting religious now. It's actually turning religious now. And the reason why it's turning religious is because it's a sign of the age. Jans and Jambres are at work. And they're spreading their gospel of spiritism their gospel of witchcraft, and it's even seeping into the church. Hello, did you know that legalism is a form of witchcraft? Absolutely, trying to conform and do things to get God to do favors for you, confess enough times, it's witchcraft. Hello, this isn't Harry Potter. This isn't Hogwarts, okay? All right? You, this is not a magic wand, friends. Isn't it amazing that the term Hollywood refers to the Druids' uh, use of the holly tree for their wands? Now let's throw that in there. Hallelujah. We are in a witchcraft nation. 
See, you can just tell when you say things like this. You can tell by the response that majority of Christians don't believe that's real. And therefore, the spell is at work. Amen? Now, we also looked at uh, the last book of the Old Testament, which is Malachi. Malachi, chapter 4. Malachi, chapter 4, and verse number 5. The prophet Malachi prophesies by the Spirit of God. He says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before... The great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Okay? So he begins to give us a sign as to what is going to happen in the last days by giving us a sign before the great day of the Lord. And what is that sign? I will send you Elijah. Now, if he's going to send Elijah, then Elijah was a part of a time in Israel in which occultism was at a all-time high. The reign of Ahab and Jezebel. And we've been experiencing Jezebel. Okay? The master manipulator Jezebel. All right? So here is the picture. That the time of the end will be characterized... By the spirit of Elijah and the spirit of witchcraft clashing together in a Mount Carmel scenario. And that is what's happening right now. The prophets of Baal and Asherah are your media. Your movie stars. And your television personalities and your social media influencers. I'm not calling out any specific names, so don't be, you know, but I'm telling you, these people are working, whether they realize it or not, to bring about an occult. Listen, Hollywood is filled with the occult. The entertainment industry and the music industry is, is tied in with the occult. You need to understand that and, uh, and begin to be wise in your choices as to what you're taking in, okay? Wise. You know, I'm not sitting here, you know, I mean, I, I like to listen to all kinds of music. But if something is, the Spirit of God is leading me to, to get away or to stop listening to something, I stop it. Amen? If I'm watching something on Netflix, and I'm telling you Netflix is Occult 101. The stuff on there is just absolutely horrific. You've really got to search. So back in the old days, they used to have, you know, some horrible stuff on Netflix that just was horrible by the fact they were just bad movies like Wolf Cop. <laughs> you know, I mean, Jim Cotta. You know, they, these are just... just just, hey, now. <laughs> Just stuff like that. Now it's filled with all kinds of stuff that is teaching your teenagers and your kids about, you know, same-sex relationships, gender fluidity. And then you got Disney Plus. 
And uh, Disney Plus is about magic. That's all it's about. It teaches your kids magic. Oh, come on. Come on, guys. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> this is hardcore. I feel like Elijah a lot of times here. Just don't turn into the prophets of Baal on me, all right? Okay? All right? Because I'm telling you, guys. These are not easy messages to preach. I could just teach on how God wants to bless you and help you. And then you go out here and you're not blessed and helped. And the reason why is you function in witchcraft. And you don't know it. And God opposes it. It's absolutely an abomination to him. And we operate in it every day. And we just don't know it. Don't have any clue. Anytime you try to manipulate another person's will to your favor and to your ideas, you are acting in witchcraft. Now let's see where it came from. All right, Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent, or the nakash as we have taught you, was more crafty. Than any other beast or living thing is actually what the word says, or living thing in the field that the Lord God had made. Okay, so we've got the word crafty. My, that's what the SV says. Uh, subtle is another, another uh, word that's used in the King James Version. But let's look what this, this means here. It actually means shrewd or cunning. It means to be subtle or to be tricky. Remember Run DMC, tricky. Some of you will get that. All right, so what does, what does shrewdness mean? It means to be marked by clever discerning, awareness, and hard-hearted acumen. It means to give to uh, a wily and artful ways of dealing. Given to wily and artful ways of dealing. A shrewd operator. They're sharp, they're astute. They're perspicacious. They're sagacious. I know those are, we're in Manford, so. But it just simply means that they're able, to, with sleight of hand, to trick you into seeing. You know, the Bible calls the, the devil's wisdom a specious wisdom. The word specious means seems to be wise. Seems to be wise. Okay? All right? So there's a seeming to be wise wisdom in the world today that is tricky, that is manipulative. In fact, the word cunning, which is another word that is used, that the, the, the nakash was cunning, actually is akin to cuteness. If you look up the etymology of the word, it actually means cuteness. So there are people that are doing evil cutely. Amen. I showed you a picture of my twin boys getting up on top of the, um, the toy box that I told them not to. They were very young. They'd fall and hurt. And sometimes they did. Sometimes they'd push each other off. But they would smile the entire time they did it. When the kid is trying to get the cookie out of the cookie jar, he's looking back at you and smiling the whole time. He's looking for some kind of response from you. And this is what they think. And this is where this stuff comes in. Is that when it's cute, we tend to be arrested by it 
And we tend to not re respond to it in a godly way. We just kind of let it go. Come on, we kind of let it go. Yeah. I was listening to Cool and the Gang yesterday. I get my groove on every once in a while. <laughs> and there's a song. It's one of my favorite songs. It's called Misled. How many remember Misled? And, uh, and so he's talking about this stuff. Now, I'm listening to the lyrics, and I'm thinking, man, this is a nasty song. This is nasty, man. He's talking about, uh, basically, what he's talking about is a succubus spirit coming into his room and taking advantage of him, and that he's fallen in love with this spirit over this girl that he... That's what the, the thing is. Now, I, I'm sitting there listening to the lyrics and stuff. But see, that bass was so funky, Kevin. <laughs> and that tune was so tasty that, you know what? The lyrics were absolutely kind of sick. Just kind of like, you ever get a taste in your mouth when things get kind of sick? To you? But boy, it was so good sounding that you're just singing along with it and you don't even have any idea. See, if he would have just written that out and did it through prose, you would have said, man, this, is, this doesn't work quite right. What's he talking about? My God, he's talking about that. But since it's sung and it's got this funky beat, and it just, you're, you just take it in hook, line, and sinker. And that's the case with all music. How about My Way by Frank Sinatra? What a rebellious song that is. And what an, 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 a, a, uh, an anthem to self-sufficiency and independence. And you know what? I didn't need nobody. I did it my way. I was watching a documentary of one of my favorite music groups. And over and over, what do they say? Well, we believe in self-empowerment. Well, the Bible doesn't talk about self-empowerment, not one time. You see this? These are tricky little things that Christians can actually believe are even godly principles. Well, you need to be self-empowered and believe in yourself. That's Disney. Believe in yourself. It's in you all along, my brother and sister. Hello. The Bible teaches none of that. In fact, the Bible teaches the opposite. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It never tells you to be strong in yourself. It never tells you to believe in yourself. It tells you to believe what he believes about you. Big difference, big difference. And so we would see the weaving of witchcraft and that our kids are, are being saturated in it by the cartoons that they watch, by, you know, various things like this. And, and, and so we've got we've to be wise as serpents. We've got to be wise as serpents, amen? You are in the world, you are not of the world. Why are you eating their junk? Why are you eating their food? Why are you taking in their ideas? Being inundated 
with junk and no discernment whatsoever because someone has a PhD, you think they're smarter than you are. That's not true. That's not true at all. Hello. People will use all kinds of things for advantage, and that's what witchcraft is about. It's about advantage. It's because man was cut off from the source of life and feels that they have to find something to connect to to give them advantage in this world. And they'll do it any way they can. From provocative dress to a lot of education. They'll do whatever they have to to get the edge in life because they're afraid they're not going to have any food. They're not going to have a place to live. And they're not going to have any significance in their life. That's the three fears that people operate in. It has to do with your gut and your head. Nothing to do with your heart. They'll use age to do it. Where we have ageism, where we have the older generations looking down on the younger generation. That's a form of witchcraft. But you've also got younger generations looking down at the older generation. That's also a form of witchcraft. This is all, we're swimming in it, friends. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Is we're swimming in it, and now we're seeing it in our governments. Now we're seeing it in, you know, politics and, and entertainment. There was nothing that, you know, 2020 was supposed to be the, the, the year of what? We were able to see 2020. Well, I guarantee you, it wasn't about the promises of God. It wasn't about God moving. It was exposing the enemy. It was meant to show us and bring the enemy out into the forefront. Now, what you do with it is what you do with it. But I choose to walk in the light that has been given. I choose to operate differently because I can see it now where I once wasn't able to see it. So therefore, 2020 has caused me to modify my life. I don't know about you. It hasn't, I haven't modified my life by, by, by being afraid of the pandemic. I've modified my life in the fact that the serpents were exposed from underneath and they're squirreling around and they're still active. So I've got to modify my life to be able to walk in subjection to the Spirit of God so that I can be protected And not just protected, but seize the opportunities that God has given us in this time. See, when something's exposed, it loses its power. It loses a portion of its power. When exposure happens, it loses a part of its power because it cannot move inconspicuously anymore. Because once you see something, you can't unsee it. If you'll get over the shock, because there's more shocking stuff to come, far more than you're going to be able to handle if you don't get in this book. Because the book talks about it all. If you don't stay close to the Spirit of God, people say, people skip in church. Why would you skip church? This is a dangerous, this is no time. I'm sorry, I, you could skip church back in 2005. 
But I'm telling you right now, 2021, going into 2022, you don't want to skip. And I'll tell you why you don't want to skip. You don't want to be playing around anymore. Because deception is at an all-time high, my friends. And Christians are being duped right and left. Amen? Is this okay? Is this all right? Okay. All right. It'll be over in a minute. I really think we need to have ushers back there with buckets of suckers and just give them out to you as you, as you leave. Make you feel better. Amen? But notice the word crafty is the Hebrew word arum, A-R-U-M, arum. And that's what it means. It means to be crafty. It means to be cunning. It means to be a sleight of hand. It means Casanova, actually. You know, the nakash means Casanova. And uh, a Casanova is someone that uses their attractiveness and their good looks to uh, bring about deception, use it for deceptive means. And you know, the whole book, if you'll understand this, the whole book of Ecclesiastes will just open up to you. Because basically, the Spirit of God is, is revealing through Solomon about the fallen world. Because that's what the, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes is about. It's about the fallen world. And it begins to show you. And in fact, there's a song by the Rolling Stones that's called Give Me Shelter. How many remember that song? Give Me Shelter. Okay, that's really Ecclesiastes. Because fallen man lost his covering. So he has a choice. Either he can run in repentance and humility to the covering of the Lord and repent and say, I was wrong, forgive me, I need your help. Or he can start building his own covering. And Solomon talks about riches. He talks about um, decadence. You know, people build their covering on, you know being promiscuous and being, you know, and, and, and uh, fulfilling their appetites. He said, I, I forbade myself of no thing, that, nothing that I wanted. And he said, and yet it was all vanity. People use workaholism. They use attainment and stuff, and they use education. And right now, education is, is preached as the number one covering. They, they, you hear it all the time. And you hear it from your parents. If you don't get an education, if you don't go to college, sister, if you don't go to... See, that, that tells me right there it's suspect. It tells me right there it's suspect. Now, I'm not against college. I'm not against people going to college. But if a person's going to go to college as a means of saying, this is how I'm going to have success in my life, and my degree is my source, then I wouldn't go. I would learn to trust the Lord. Majority of the world changers out there aren't even college graduates. Shoot. Bill Gates ain't a college graduate. Neither was Steve Jobs. But yet they've controlled the world through their technology and through what they have. Listen, now they operated in a different power. They operated in witchcraft, guys. Listen, they did. And they still do to this day. 
But I'm telling you that we can't build our own coverings. That's not what we're to do. Because when we build our own coverings, we have to sustain it. We have to sustain it. We have to protect ourselves, provide for ourselves. You know, isn't that, isn't that the American way? Isn't that the, you know, the American dream, be able to provide for myself? Well, see, that's totally opposite of what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches dependency upon God. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs for you. See, that's, the, that's where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be in utter desperation without me. Jesus said this. He said, without me, you can do what? And nothing in the Greek means nothing. But witchcraft says, I can do what I want. I will make my life the way that it's supposed to be. It's the same spirit that was found in Isaiah 14 when uh, Lucifer says, I will make myself to become like the Most High. So what is he doing? By an act of my will, which is the greatest power you were given by your Creator, by an act of my will, I will become something that I was not created to become. That's what he was saying. I will be someone and somebody that I cannot, or what it was not in my inherent makeup, in my creation to be this. I will be it. And we're seeing it in our culture today where people are thinking they can swap genders or become any of the hundreds of gender identities that are out there today and are being branded and defined by academia, which is listening to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. And to some of those, the strong delusion, this stuff sounds good. And the reason why it sounds good is because this word for a room this word for crafty, this word for twisting, this word for deception, this word for being shrewd and being clever and being sarcastic and being snarky and being arrogant and being proud, all the things that were just listed in the third chapter of 2 Timothy came into the human race when humanity fell for the lie of the enemy. Because look at this. After they partake of the fruit and get in alliance with Satan, and he becomes their father, because that was the choice. Either you're going to follow the father, or you're going to follow me as father. Remember Jesus told the most religious people of his day, you are of your father, the devil. But yet they kept sacrifices, they studied the Torah, Oh, you're not getting this. He said, you're of your father, the devil. Why? Because your nature. You see, this isn't a religion. This isn't about do's and don'ts. That's witchcraft. Do's and don'ts. If you do this, you get this. If you do that, you get this. If you do, Come on now. And we try to do God that way in the Christian faith as well. Well, you know what? I gave, so God's got to... That's, that's witchcraft. I give because I love the Lord. I give because he's already gave. I'm not trying to get him to give. God's not up there going, well, if you'll give this, I'll give you this. He's already given me everything. My giving initiates into what he's already done. Come on now. That's not witchcraft. That's grace. Witchcraft means I do it on my own merits. In fact, we'll have John Ramirez, which uh, I'm excited about having John Ramirez in February. 
and we're going to have four nights of him, you know. Uh, and he was a Satanist. He was on the highest realm as a high priest in the, um, um, in the Satanic Church. Um, and uh, he'll tell you that he spent his entire time collecting bones, collecting sacrifices over and over again because he said every spell he'd have to cast, he'd have to back up with more sacrifices and more duty. Well, thank God, Jesus died once and for all and is seated at the right hand of God the Father to where we don't have to give another sacrifice. His sacrifice is complete. Do you see the difference, my friends? Now, he was in Santeria, which was basically a pseudo-worship of the saints, but you don't worship saints. They're really demon spirits. Okay, all right. This is going over well. Amen? All right. Now, notice when God shows up, in verse number 7, it says, Then the eyes of both were opened after they partook of the fruit. Verse 7. And they knew that they were naked. Everybody say naked. naked. Now, he's not talking about nudity. Because this word is the same word for crafty. A room. It's the same word. Now, I don't know about you. But in October of 1989, I went from an R.W. Schambach meeting into a yellow Cadillac that me and my wife had at the time. I sat down in the seat. I wasn't able to answer the altar call, but the Spirit of the Lord was on me, and I knew it. And I uttered one word. I said one name. I said, Jesus. And when I did that, I passed from death unto life, and I knew that it happened. It wasn't something that someone had to tell me happened. I knew that I passed from death unto life. Something was different. A weight had come off. Some people describe it as a weight coming off of their shoulders. Or they, they, they felt an invigoration. Or they felt that everything was going to be okay. How many know what I'm talking about? There's many, many different expressions of, of what happened there. If I had that experience from passing from death unto life, don't you believe that Adam also had an identifiable experience from passing from life to death? Of course he did. Absolutely he did. What is he saying? I was naked. He's basically saying, I'm one with the devil. Now, notice what happened. He hides himself. That's the first thing. Notice what he says. I was afraid. See, everything about witchcraft is about fear. The whole reason why people stay in the witchcraft mode is because they're afraid. I'm afraid that I'm not going to have provision. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you different forms of, of witchcraft. All right? Is that all right? Is that okay on this October? didn't mean for it to be, but on this October, you know, because I'm telling you, we're fixing to go to what is a high satanic day, which is October 31st. And, you know, that's where covens do their plans and cast their spells and go forward. You know, we need to, we need to stand against that. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, we need to understand that, that this stuff is, is very real. 
and that we are meant to stand against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. What are you talking about, the gates of hell? He's talking about portals, access points. Access points for hell to come into earth. That's the whole purpose of the gates of hell. And Jesus said this at one that was known as the gate of hell. He said it at the base of Mount Hermon in the cave of Pan where they sacrificed children. Hello. Jesus knew how to set something up. He knew, he knew how to place himself in the right spot for the greatest and deepest meaning. Most people, they don't even understand this, but Jesus was at the base of what they called the entrance to hell. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I mean, he was making a statement, a declaration. Amen? And we are supposed to stand against the portals of hell. We are supposed to stand against it. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. But yet we don't have any idea. We're to trick or treat. And... Hello? Playing around with stuff. Ouija boards and Christians. Talking to their posters on the wall. Young lady talked to a poster of Tupac. She did it so long that the poster started talking back. Hello. How many remember Tombstone, that great movie, Tombstone, all right? How many remember Tombstone? You remember uh, Johnny Ringo? He was drunk. And he starts shouting off about the Earps and about Doc Holliday. And Doc Holliday's getting a. Uh, getting a shave, you know, he's sitting there and he's sitting there just, ah, you know, the herbs and I'm going to kill him and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and, oh, uh, Doc Holliday gets up. You know how he walks over there, you know, <laughs> he says, say when. And his buddy goes, oh, we were just funning. What does is, what is, what is Doc Holliday say? I wasn't. When you're playing with demons, you might be funning around with them, but they're not. They're serious. Lighting candles and having stones and crystals and doing yoga. Don't you even know what yoga means? Yoga means connections to deities. That's what it means. When you're doing your downward dog, you're actually making a form that connects you with certain deities in the second heaven. Well, I like the stretch. Well, then stretch. Stretch all you want to. You don't have to do those stupid positions. Open yourself up to demonic activity. Come on now. I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I'm not crazy. We're sitting there wondering why our prayers aren't answered. Why our bodies aren't healed. Why our finances aren't changing. And we're sitting there doing yoga. We got crystals in our house. 
Hello? We're doing it, and then we're doing it by, by you know, manipulating one another, intimidating one another, seeking to dominate one another. Hello? See, the spirit of witchcraft is using any means other than divine God to get anything that I want in this world. So people will use dress. They'll use working out. Most people are not working out because of health reasons. They're working out to accentuate their bodies to gain advantage because it's clear psychologically that people that are more attractive, you're getting duped every day because those attractive people that are on your television are selling you stuff. They're selling you stuff. And because they're good looking and attractive and got six pack abs and they look really good, you take it in hook, line, and sinker. There's a whole lot of difference and a whole lot of weightiness when someone who's off the street who is homeless and disheveled and dirty and the beard's out to here. No offense, Daniel. <laughs> and they say something and Brad Pitt says something. Very different because we judge by the flesh. Because we've got a room. What did God say when he anointed all of David's brothers? Even Samuel was duped into believing that the firstborn was going to be the king of Israel. And God rebuked him, rebuked him. He says, I do not look at the outward appearance. But I look upon what? What was David known as? A man after God's own heart. He operated from within. He didn't operate in the flesh. In fact, David was a small guy. Historically, he was a small guy. Attractive guy, but a small guy. He was a womanizer. But yet God called him a man after God's own heart. Why? Because when God moved on him, he would repent. Hello? His predecessor went to wizards and witches for guidance. David would get out his lyre and his harp, and he would sing unto God. It's a big difference. Do you understand that? You need to understand that we live in a witchcraft nation. And just as we worshiped here today, there is worship going on. And it's usually rock concerts and music concerts and raves. These are spiritual experiences, friends. All music is worship. It's just directed to different things. Boy, this is... We're wondering why it ain't working for us. Well, pastor, I can't understand why the word ain't working. Well, have you cleaned your house of idols? 
God will not share his glory with another. We forget those things, you know, in this, this you know, grace, grace, grace. And I, I'm, I'm a grace guy. I'm a grace teacher. But I'm telling you, you can't, grace does not give you license to worship other gods. Grace doesn't give you license to pursue the paths of other, even if it's your own will. Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find life. That means, yeah, if you read my book, you know what it means. That means you've got to lose your will. You've got to lose how you think, and you've got to lose what you feel. You can't be guided by that anymore. That's exactly what he was saying. And what do these demonic entities try to bring into our lives? They try to influence our emotions, our thinking, and our decision-making. And that's what they want to do. And that's how they enslave you. That's how they put you in bondage. Is they get you to thinking and per, uh, are, are feeling something that causes a perception of mind that brings about a different way of thinking, usually trauma. Trauma is the number one access point that they use to divide you and to get you to begin to think things contrary to what the Word of God says. That's the reason why he uses adversity and, and trouble and pain against you to get you to change your mind about who God is and what he has said. Which then again turns into you acting contrary to what the scripture says. Amen? Now, listen to some of these synonyms for shrewdness. Okay? And you can definitely see characteristics of the devil here. First, he's farsighted. Now, that's a major revelation you've got to get a hold of. Okay? Here, here it is. He plays the long game. You might be into the short game because we like immediate gratification in anything that we do. He does not. He will hold off for ages and ages, years and years, decades and decades, and he'll hold on to his plan. That's what a shrewd person does. They're farsighted. Ingenious, absolutely. Don't belittle his ability to outthink you. We have to have the mind of Christ to be able to stand. And we have to have the armor of God. Amen? He's keen. He's penetrating. He's slick. He's sly. He's wise. He's judicious because the devil is a legalist. He's called the accuser for a reason, friends. And he is accuser in the court of law, the court of law. The law of God. He is the one that says, they do not deserve this because they have done this, that, and this. Well, of course, in the court of God, we have Jesus as our advocate. So praise God, the blood of Jesus, which is always fresh and always viable and always active, is there on our behalf. But if you don't know it, if you're not aware of that, if that's not a revelation to you, then you're going to stand to be condemned judged, guilty, shameful, and it causes you to walk in a certain way that limits your ability to receive from God 
and to impact others. And that's what he wants. You don't have to be six foot in the ground to be dead in this world. And he's sensible. Now, down here, we believe that sensible is a positive trait. And if it's biblically based, yes, yes. But to be sensible means to be governed by the senses. And that is not a biblical trait. True sensibility is the renewed mind. But a room causes a different sensibility. To where you're more aware of your outward than you are your inward. The outward can deceive you. The inward will never deceive you. That's why he's called the spirit of truth. Are you getting anything out of this? Boy, I hadn't even gotten anywhere near where I wanted to today. All right? Okay. So there are four broad types of manipulation or witchcraft that happen in people's lives. The number one is deception. People are always trying to deceive someone, even if it's not telling lies, it's just not telling the truth. It's not telling lies, but it's just not saying nothing. People will use it as a means of manipulation and deception. Amen? You know, you've been on a Netflix binge for six months. So much so that you've got Cheetos in your hair. You've got chocolate on your teeth. And you've just been an absolute miserable state for six months. The government checks are running out. And now it's time for you to get a job. What do you do? Do you show up? With your Cheeto hair? Do you show up with your blackened teeth from chocolate? Do you show up in your sweatpants and the shirt you've been wearing for five days? No. You clean yourself up. And you not only just clean yourself up because you've got a job interview, you've got to get a job. You not only clean yourself up, you present the best version that is currently available, and everybody knows what that is, the best version that's currently available because there's better versions. They're just not currently available at this time. Coming, <laughs> coming soon, you know, coming soon to a theater near you, you know. You just accentuate what you have. Hello? Black is slimming. Come on now. Hello? Ladies? Now, I'm not, not, not any ladies in here. Not any ladies in here. But they'll accentuate various aspects of their body. This is witchcraft. Hello? You're presenting an image that may or may not be a true representation of who you are. 
to get something you want. It's witchcraft. Now, I'm not saying you need to show up in your sweatpants and in your, you know, old wham t-shirt. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying we are so immersed in it we don't even know. We don't even know how it is. It's just like the dating game. The dating game. You know, you clean your car out when you go out on a date. But your whole... Listen, I've seen people's cars where you... And I'm, and I'm talking about myself too. But uh, the trash is up to the seat. There's no place to put your feet. But they get a date... Then McDonald's cups are going in the trash. And that filet of fish you were saving for five weeks. Adios. We might even work hard, you know, sweeping it out and getting it all clean and armor all in the dash and getting the new car smell back in there because we want to make what? An impression. But that's not really who we are. We really like throwing trash in our car. We really like it because that's our habit. That's our habit. That's what we want. We want to show that we can get this beautiful woman or this handsome person so we bring about the best about ourselves. We accentuate ourselves. Now, in the book of Enoch, which is a not in your Bible, it's a second temple literature book that Jesus quoted from, that also Peter and Jude quoted from. Now, I'm not saying that it's on the same level as the 66 books. I'm not telling you that at all. So don't go away thinking that it is, but it does it is what a second temple Jew believed about Genesis 6. And Genesis 6 is when the angels came down, the sons of God came down, and they began to manipulate the world. And one of their manipulations was this, that they started messing with eye colors. They taught the ladies how to use makeup. Because I'm telling you, I've seen some ladies with makeup, and I've seen some ladies without makeup. <laughs> and makeup makes a difference. Yes. Come on now, makeup makes a difference. Now, I'm not saying that you should put away your makeup, God forbid. God forbid, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that makeup can be used as a mask. And there are many young ladies and young men that mask themselves with makeup because they've been convinced by devils that they are not beautiful unless they have their mask on. When you're going out on a date, you don't just wear any clothes. 
you sometimes will even go shopping and get clothes and take a friend with you to judge and give you a rate from 1 to 10 as to how you look. Why don't you just go in those baggy gym shorts? Why don't you just go in that old shirt? Because that's what you're going to wear. Once you get married, all the good stuff goes back. Oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about? Well, this is me, and if you don't like me, well, that's not what I bought. That's not what I bought. Hello. See, we do that. Wearing spanks. I don't know if you can tell, but I am not wearing spanks. But I know some preachers that do. Oh, man, I've seen them. Get back in the back room so they can breathe in between services. I'm serious. Hello. You know what? I, I'm a part of God's gym here. I love Brian. I love the biases. You know, they're, they're friends of mine. I love them. But I never go. <laughs> I pay that so that I can say. You're looking good, Greg. I have a gym membership. And that's the truth, is it not? I do have a gym. I don't gym. I don't go in gym, but I got a gym membership. Come on now. And people are content because we live in a witchcraft nation to give the appearance and not have the substance. See, we're, we're swimming in it. We're swimming in it. We don't even know it. We don't even know it. How many have had a manipulative mother? How many, your mother is gone and, and in heaven, but yet family members will use manipulation by saying, Mama wouldn't like that. Mama wouldn't like that. Well, Mama don't care. Mama's dead. Mama's with Jesus. She doesn't have any care in the world about whether or not you're wearing this or you're wearing that or you're doing this or you're doing that. Stop being manipulated. People will use it all the time. Then you see age differences, especially with spouses that have different age differences. They'll use their age as a form of manipulation. Did you know that everybody says, oh, well, uh, I just love sarcastic people. Really? Really, you love sarcastic people. You like sarcastic people. You only like sarcastic people when they're not talking about you. Sarcasm is a sign of great intellectual capability. No, it causes you to be a jerk. It's a means of control. 
because the more pithy and the more intellectualized I can put you down, the more control I can seize over your life. That's the reason why the Bible says, I'm bringing the Bible into it. Oh, my goodness. It says, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for the edifying and the building up of people. Well, sarcasm is not a building up. It's a tearing down. But see, we use our words to control people. To manipulate and intimidate. Hello. From having a fit of anger that causes the whole house to shut down or to freeze somebody out for days so that their will becomes more pliable to what you want. That's witchcraft. Using your words to tear down somebody, criticize. Many of you are victims of over-critical people in your life that just criticize you. You can't wear nothing right. You can't do anything right. You get this job, and they say, well, I hope you keep this one. Nothing's said positive towards you or about you. And what this is is the tactic of the enemy to begin to use that as a means of releasing the pride, the arum that is within you, to cause you to say, I don't need nobody, I don't need no one. So you begin to function in this stuff all the time, over and over and over and over again. It begins to foster pride which God resists what? The proud. See, the devil, he knows that God has blessed you and has made you his own. But if he can put you in a position to be resisted by him, then his work is done because that's the sole reason why he brings this stuff in here. So, you know, the Bible says the pride, uh, God knows the proud afar off. It doesn't mean that he doesn't know them. It just means that he knows them from a distance. And you don't want distance in your relationship with God. And it's just like a stinky old diaper. You don't carry the diaper. Mm. Oh, I just love the smell. No, you hold it afar off. And that's where a lot of Christians are. Because their witchcraft, their pride, their rebellion, and their obstinate stubbornness and stiff-neckedness has kept them at a distance. I've ran out of time. Thank God, someone says, that <laughs> I got a whole lot more. Amen? We're going to have a wonderful Halloween What am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to not look out the window, but look in the mirror. Stop thinking, oh, I know exactly someone who is exactly like that. Don't be thinking about your ex-husbands and your ex-wives. Don't be thinking about your mama and your daddy. Be thinking about you. Where is the room in my life? 
because I need to yield that up to Jesus and allow him to slay that in my life because I don't want to be manipulative. Listen, marriage problems stem from people wanting their own way. Problems in all relationships are based upon someone wanting to assert their own way to the point that they want to dominate another individual. And they can do it by being cute or they can do it by being ugly. Either way, it is manipulation and it is witchcraft. Hello. Withholding affection is a form of witchcraft. Withholding information is a form of witchcraft. Withholding love is a form of witchcraft. With, uh, withholding praise is a form of witchcraft. There's some people that won't say anything nice about anything. They're never impressed with nothing. They are. They're just not showing it because their pride won't allow them to. And they're using it as a form of manipulation. Because if they can get you to think that they do not care, they control you. Oh, I'm preaching way better than you're saying amen. <clears throat> so what I would ask of you is that you take some time to think about this. Don't let the devil steal from you as you go out the door and begin to evaluate where am I asserting my dominance and manipulating my way into the relationships and situations of my life? Father, forgive me. I trust you. And this is where you got to get. Lord, I trust you with my kids. I trust you with my husband. I trust you with my wife. I trust you with my relationships. I trust you with my opportunities. I trust you. Lord, I'm open to whatever you are. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen? And that's how you break that power of witchcraft in your life. The harder life is, the lower you need to go. But our life teaches us that we need to stand up and be strong in our own selves and believe in ourselves and that just fosters more witchcraft, more problems, more pride, and then you're resisted by God. Get on your face. Get a carpet burn on your forehead. Do something. Get low and allow the humility to rise you up. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. You've got to have the patience to be exalted. And that requires humility. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm done. We're going to have counselors that are going to be here if you have any prayer need. And I believe Jesse's going to close us out.